Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 8th, 2017. Shaka and I are back to recap what happened this past week. Uh, Shaka is not exactly in his normal location, but he is still here with us and you to talk NFL. Shaka, how you doing today? I'm great, man. Uh, I'm in Miami on vacation. But I'm still here for the podcast. Yeah, because football doesn't stop even when you go on vacation. Isn't that right? It does not. Well, I had to start us off with um, my... uh, Listen, this is not going to be a weekly phenomenon for many, many... You know, this doesn't happen all the time. But my Eagles are 8-1. and They win again. So I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity to have another Eagles-gasm. Do you mind if I just quickly do this real fast? You guys are number one in the power rankings. You can do whatever you want. Woo! Carson Wentz, front runner for the MVP, throws four touchdown passes against the Broncos defense, one of the best running defenses in the league. Talking about Corey Clement, Jay Ajayi coming in, not really knowing the playbook, but still ripping off a touchdown run. Corey Clement with two rushing touchdowns on the best rushing defense in the league. Brock Osweiler looking like dog shit. Carson Wentz leads the league in touchdown passes. I mean, I've been saying this to a lot of people these days. It's a pretty good time to be an Eagles fan. I'm feeling good. Look, okay. you guys also have one of the best defenses in the league. Oh, uh, yeah. Your quarterback is the front runner for MVP. Mm. It's it's amazing what a year does, doesn't it? It's amazing. And really, listen, I don't think many people would have expected this much of an improvement from year one to year two with Peterson, with Wentz, everything. I think like, I think what, what's shocking everyone is they're all coming back saying, listen, I think we thought the Eagles were going to take a step forward. We did not think they were going to be a Super Bowl contender midway through the season. So look, give them credit, man. Uh, management made a lot of big changes mm-hmm. in He's an end during the season, but you know what? They, they're all paying off. Like, there's nothing you can say. Everyone's played a role, and the old and the new guys are meshing together, like, amazingly well. It's a beautiful thing, man. And now Jay Ajayi's in the mix. I mean, one of the better running backs out there, and I think he's a little bit better of a, um, you know, a pass blocker than some of the other guys they had there. We talked about that. Um, yeah. But it's, it's really scary, the depth. Really, the depth that you guys possess right now you can just swap parts out and still be just a well-oiled machine i mean to think that zach Ertz didn't play this past week was a late scratch i mean he's probably one of the best pass catchers on the eagles and it didn't really matter i mean they they made it work no matter it didn't matter they didn't miss a beat trey burton stepped in brent Selleck stepped in i mean it's a really good time to be an eagles fan it really is the best. Uh, but now, of course, but, uh, I'm going to jump to your Jets. Your Jets had an impressive win. Um, let's have a little bit of a Jetsgasm here, okay? Because nice Thursday night football. They looked really imposing on that Bills team. This is a Bills team that I think got out to a really exciting start and has surprised some people. And, you know, I thought they were going to kind of sustain that against the Jets on Thursday night. But, I mean, your Jets looked really impressive. Do you have any thoughts on the Jets? Look, uh, the Bills got a couple of touchdowns in garbage time towards the end of the, the game. So yes. the final score doesn't really reflect that the dominance that the defense had. Dominance. But uh, they, they pretty much had two missions. One, you got to stop LaShawn McCoy because he is that offense, unfortunately, uh, which they did. They stuffed him. He was absolutely useless. And Tyrod Taylor, is, he, he does his most damage when he's running and he's mobile. 
And the Jets did everything possible to eliminate that mobility from, you know, being threatening. So when you clamp down on both of those guys, uh, even with all respect due to the Bills' defense, it doesn't matter if you're not putting any, um, if you're not moving down the field and you're kicking the ball away, eventually the Jets' running game just, you know, pounded away on that defense. And uh, the tale of the tape also with the Bills is that they've been so inconsistent all season. Yeah. Yeah, And this was just, you know, more of that, where they dominate teams that you don't expect them to beat, and then they get whooped by teams that they're supposed to beat. Yeah. I, I think you put both of those hand in hand, and I'm, I'm very happy. The Jets have so much to look forward to when that defense is still young, still learning, but still able to put, you know, such an impressive effort down on the field. Quick question. Do you keep Josh McCown around for next year? Uh, you look, he's a free agent next year. Um the quarterback situation right now is just, I don't even want to think about 2018 because we've seen nothing from our number, you know, our second round pick who I will not name. <laughs> he hasn't played a single snap in the NFL. He's been on the team for two years. Um, and he just, uh, <laughs> I'm I, haunting I you right now. You, you have no choice. You have to keep, he's, I think he probably wants to be a starter. But at some point, I've heard rumors even about this this we who shall not be named second round pick. <laughs> they want to give him some snaps before the, the season's out because the Jets really aren't considered a playoff contender, even though, uh, you know, contrary to point, this, the strength of schedule moving forward for the rest of the season points towards this, uh, this magical uh, run that we've been having is going to be over. Yeah. And they've really got to kind of look to see what they have. And that's from a practicality point, and I get it from management. You know, um, the next couple of games is Tampa Bay, which is winnable because Winston is injured. Um, you got Carolina, you got Kansas City, Denver, New Orleans, um, the Chargers, and then you have New England at the end of the season. So there's going to be some rough games. Yeah. And they want to kind of see what they have. But then again, you throw, you throw Hackenberg, who's been, you know, question for his accuracy and a bunch of other things and against some of these defenses i don't really see what kind of positives you can take away from this so if you're going to put him in a game where he's going to get you just thrown to the fucking wolves you got to do it against tampa bay mm-hmm. you got to do it against carolina mm-hmm. uh, you probably got to do it against denver because their offense is non-existent yeah you know and the Chargers, he's got to get some snaps just to see how wobbly he is because uh because again, if you don't you're looking at mccown next year a 39 year old quarterback um, which is not the future of the franchise, unfortunately, as good as he's been. And you got a lot of young guys on offense and defense. So you need a quarterback who's going to grow and mature with that team. Yeah. So it, it, it's, a, it's a question they can't avoid for much longer. Well, uh, there are a lot of things to take away from this, like a really good defense. I mean, yeah. that, that's something you got to feel confident about as you build towards the future because – you know, in a lot of ways, we still talk about defense wins championships, and we still talk about how, you know, a, a world-beating defense, like we're kind of seeing, of come come together on the Jets. You know, it really, you sit back and you say, well, listen, all, all we need is just a quarterback who can kind of, you know, be a game manager, the Mark Sanchez's of the world, and maybe you'll get pretty far. So I think there's some optimism to take away from yeah. this because the defense is good, and it could just be one solution at quarterback. I mean, maybe they end up spending crazy amounts of money on Kirk Cousins in the offseason. Who, who they knows? They have the money. You're right. That's a great point. Uh, you know, free agency, uh, they can maybe kind of solve that problem in free agency and not twiddle their thumbs and worry about whether or not drafting another young and untested quarterback is going to pan out. You yeah. know, you get you get an established guy 
and you draft some defense. Uh, you know, they need some help on the edge rush a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the most likely and the most reasonable scenario if you want a competitive team next year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I just, I like what I've been seeing from them. It's just exciting to, it's exciting that they are not an absolute shit stain because that's what everybody was predicting. They were predicting a 1-15 in 15 season, uh, number one pick, tanking and everything. And Todd Bowles was like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. And to a degree, people are right. New York does have a shitty team. It's just not the Jets. Wow. Football. If anybody's going to prove anyone wrong, it is football every single year. That's why they play the games. That's, that's why they play it. Let's slide out of this. Let's go to what I thought was one of the more exciting games this past weekend. And really kind of eye-opening was the Redskins beating the Seahawks 17-14. Um, this was in Seattle. Uh, okay. I've had a lot of respect for the Redskins this season. Um, I think I've been sort of proven wrong once or twice because they've really laid a few eggs this season and have looked bad. Uh, I think their defense is pretty good. I actually think they have a pretty good offense, except for the fact that some of the skill position players they signed this year, like Terrell Pryor, haven't worked out. Uh, their offensive line is hurt. But I think that Washington's a dangerous team. So when I saw them go into Seattle and I saw them win, now the things that jumped out at me were all the mistakes that Seattle has made. And I'm going to list off a few things right now, like... Earl Thomas not playing the game because we've said time and time again, when he's not in the game, the Seattle defense is completely different. Blair Walsh missing three field goals and also the running game being absolutely atrocious for this Seattle team. I want to start off by saying all of these things because Seattle is still one of the powerhouses in the NFC. It is still up there as probably, you know, when we're talking about the Rams and the Eagles as being one of the top two contenders in the NFC, these are upstart new teams with these new quarterbacks from last year. You know, the old guard is the Packers and the Seahawks. So you got to get over that Seahawks. Listen, the Packers are out with Aaron Rodgers down. You got to get over the hump of the Seahawks if you want to get anywhere in this NFC. So I'm looking at the Seahawks. I'm seeing the problems they have on the offensive line. I'm seeing the problems they have with their running game. And I'm seeing a great defense that occasionally has been giving up some big plays. And you look at it in a game like this where all of a sudden, you know, that was kind of a gimme win for them. Maybe not a gimme, but they should have won that game. And now, you know, they're really going to have to fight with the Rams to keep up with them to try to win this division. So... The thing that's coming out to me is how big of a problem is this for the Seahawks and can they continue to win and get into the playoffs with this sort of like, oh, we're going to sleep for three quarters and then somehow do some Russell Wilson magic in the fourth quarter and win it. I don't think that's sustainable. Tell me what you see with this Seattle team, Shaka. What's coming out with uh, uh, on your end? Well, this is, as far as I, I'm concerned, this is uh, Groundhog Day for the Seahawks. <laughs> In terms of, I mean, all the same flaws that have tripped them up, uh, you know, just basically the chickens are coming home to roost. Yeah. Thomas being out, and, you know, you're right, ex- exposes just a big hole that the defense has. And the defense played a lot better, yeah. I think, this week than they did the week before. But at the end of the day, um, you got to put points on the board. And the offensive line not being able to hold up is one of the reasons why the running game is so atrocious. It's a terrible running game. It's been atrocious, really, since Marshawn Lynch retired. And, you know, it's, again, they have not really addressed this. They've been trying, but it's going to take a lot for you to catch the Rams and, you know, win the division, which right now is looking like Sean McVay is pretty much just riding that horse. They are rolling, man. I mean, just what they did to the Giants 
last weekend was was just you had to cover your eyes. Yeah. So the Seahawks have their problems just laid out for them right now, and I I honestly don't think they're going to catch the Rams. I'm really worried that they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, so look, Russell Wilson's going to have to put on MVP uh, as performance, which he has been doing for the season. His numbers right now are I I think statistically like the best of his career, which yeah. is he 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 is on pace for something like 4,500 passing yards, and that is way more than he's ever thrown it, in a single season. It, it, it kind of like boggled the mind because I didn't really realize how, you know, just stellar he was playing. But look at the record. I mean, the Seahawks really – you got to have Russell Wilson play, putting out MVP numbers, and you're not even remotely close to winning this division. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. It's really scary. Uh, like, I – you know, I know that they just went and got Dwayne Brown, which is certainly a step towards shoring up their offensive line. But you look, you sit here and you look at this run game with Eddie Lacy. I mean, when are they going to cut him? It's, I feel like it's abundantly clear he's not working out. Uh, yeah. Then you've got Thomas Rawls, who seems to be very inconsistent. Sometimes he's good, sometimes he's not. You know, CJ Procise has sort of been injured and not injured. Like it, and what I see is I see this offense leaning more towards the pass. And leaning more towards Russell Wilson bootlegs and, and deep pass plays, which just, I don't know if it, it just hasn't really felt like their bread and butter. And I just don't, I don't see it as being sustainable. And I feel like I'm seeing last season all over again, where they get to the playoffs, you know, they, they probably, you know, they play a shit stained team like the Lions and they win a wild card game. And then they were just completely obliterated by, uh, I think, was it the Packers last year or the Falcons that beat them? I think it was the Falcons. I think it was the Falcons put up some big numbers. Yeah, they put up gigantic numbers on this defense in the first half of the game, and then, you know, the Seahawks put some garbage time points up there, and the game was over. Like, I'm feeling like this is the same thing all over again, and for as much respect as I have for the Seahawks, I'm sitting here going, I don't know. Like, I think they might be on the outside looking in, and you're going to have a few other upstart teams in the NFC, um, you know, kind of stealing their spotlight, like the Panthers, the Saints... Well, those aren't upstart teams. Teams like the Rams and the Saints, you know, like teams that, you know, we had pretty much written off for dead over the last three to four seasons who are now making a lot of noise and being pretty dangerous. That's true. You know, look, a lot of personnel decisions also can be kind of factored in as the Seahawks. In terms of anything that's drastically changed, you really can't say. I mean, besides letting go of Golden Tate. Yeah. Um, you know. Letting go of Jermaine Curse. Jermaine Curse was a very Curse. underrated clutch guy for their team. Alex Collins has turned out to be a big factor. Yeah, and they, they've let him walk, and Baltimore, is he is running all over the place for Baltimore. Pretty much the only positive thing they have in that offense out there in Baltimore. Uh, but a few managerial decisions. Drafting hasn't really panned out into anything, uh, you know, I would say noticeable right mm -hmm. now for the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. So they seem to be stagnant and standing in place when everyone else is kind of making these moves and going forward. So... I I mean, I got to give him credit for Chris Carson. I think he was a great running back. It's just he just got hurt. That was a shame. Yeah, yeah. They've had some. Uh, look, same thing happened with CJ Procise last year when he broke his leg, and he looked he, he looked, looked so good. Him. And he hasn't really, I don't think, gotten a chance to be you know the starting lead back since. So uh, look, again, the chickens are coming home to roost for the Seahawks. Yeah, they need to make some changes. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree because I think the team that I'm seeing right now can squeak in as a wild card, but. I mean, they're they're vulnerable. They got flaws, and they got to address them quickly, or else this team, you know, or else you're going to have a Hall of Fame quarterback who's going to get hurt and be missing games, a la Aaron Rodgers. 
And meanwhile, the Rams are young, and Ooh. they look like they're going to be a problem for years to come. Yes. Amen, brother. Uh, okay, let's um, let's shift to, uh, dude, jumping into a mailbag question. That's right. We got a mailbag question from a listener, Jonathan Greenstein. He's a buddy of mine that I went to. Dude, I grew up with Jonathan. Went to elementary school with him, and he's been listening to the podcast, shouting out, giving me uh, props, giving us support, saying he loves the show. Well, he came through with a... Uh, Mailbag question, I thought it would be appropriate to bring it on here because it was a good topic. So he brought up Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, okay? And, uh, and Jonathan, I hope I'm saying you're la- Greenstein. If, I'm, if I recall, when we were in elementary school, everyone called you Greenstein and used to always say Greenstein. So I'm pretty sure it's Jonathan Greenstein. Just throwing that out there. Uh, <laughs> so he mentioned Shanahan and the Niners. And he said to me, he said, 0-16 usually gets you fired. So Shanahan and the Niners are not at 0-16 yet. But what's to say they're not going to sack Shanahan after this season? So that's the mailbag question, right? Here's my answer, and I, and I want to pounce it off of you, Shock. I want your thoughts as well. My reaction is they're not going to fire Shanahan, not after a single season. I have a feeling he's going to at least scrape out one, maybe two wins at the very least. But even with a terrible loss season that it is, they're not going to sack him because organizations need to build stability they need to build a culture and these things don't happen overnight i think when you sack coaches and when you fire front office people after one or two seasons you as an organization look bad and you look like you're hitting reset on a game that you know is going to take several years to get back up to where you just were so the browns are stupid enough to do that the browns are stupid enough to clean house every 2 years and think that you know, that's actually going to, you know, put them back on the path when in reality it's probably just putting them, you know, one step forward, two steps back. The Niners, I think, have a little bit more, you know, of a clearer path, and they're actually probably just a better run franchise. I think that, you know, the issues of the last two one-year head coaches, Jim uh, Chip Kelly, Jim Tomsula, that was them floundering after Harbaugh left. Now they've brought in a new GM. They got John Lynch. They got Shanahan. Shanahan's a very well-respected offensive mind, I think they're going to give him some time to do what he does before they say this isn't working out. Those are my thoughts. Shaka, tell me what you think. Uh, look, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think it'd be insanity. I'd be more than surprised if Shanahan was canned after one season. Uh, you really have to think uh, Matt Ryan's first year working with Shanahan in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He sucked. Matt Ryan was not. Yeah, it was yeah, bad. It was bad. Yeah, he was not an MVP caliber quarterback. Um, and look at that second year where they put up historic numbers. It's going to take time for things to kind of, you know, work their way out in uh, San Francisco. I think, uh, one, you got to factor in that San Francisco's squad is just, they're, they're, they, they play in the professional league, but they're JV level in terms of, you know, the weekly matchups that they go up against. They're just not, you know, ready for the, 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 the quality of NFL teams that they play against. Mm-hmm. So that's going to time to build up you know their defensive uh and solomon thomas who they drafted last year just played okay um and you know again it's gonna take time they need more weapons on defense um and i think the fact that they brought in jimmy, jimmy garoppolo is gonna help them to be able to have some variety in the next draft coming up they yeah. need a running back um if they get the number one pick you know you can think they might spend that on uh saquon barkley from penn state mm-hmm. or they can trade down still get a high-quality pick uh, and running back, and then pick up some more defensive help. They have some options now. They have some flexibility so they can do some things. And you can look side-by-side, comparatively speaking, 
with uh, the Browns because we're going to see how you do it in two years. Um, I feel bad because I feel like Hugh Jackson's going to be the scapegoat. Yeah, he, it's a shame, but he's he's going to get fired. The numbers are on the wall. I mean, the, the sign's on the wall right now with uh, with Cleveland. They're just going to sack him, and they're going to do the same thing they've been doing, yeah. spinning their wheels in the mud. And hopefully, we're going to see some improvement. The offensive line also has a lot of problems. They, you know, with uh, San Francisco, they have a lot of things that they need to fix. Mm-hmm. Um, they've made some trades. They traded for, uh, uh, I forget if it's a right guard or a, he hasn't really worked out. He oh, was a oh no, 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 no. I know who you're talking about. Oh, God. Keep but going. As, they've been trying. They've been trying to make some improvements. It, it's not quite working yet. But I think it's going to take a little bit of time. But uh, there are a few things that kind of need to be worked out um, in San Francisco. But there's no way Shanahan goes after one season. I say wait until his draft. They get a high draft pick, even if it's not the first. They get a running back in there to kind of go with Garoppolo. And they get some offensive line help. Maybe they get that in free agency. And we see what happens. I agree. I agree. Because I, I think they're just so well positioned with their new, you know, their new coach, their new GM, their new front office. And, you know, they are starting from scratch, but I just feel like they've got, they got too much credibility and, you know, too much goodwill right now. And, and they're just, they just got Jimmy Garoppolo. They just, they've got these high draft picks. I mean, this is a situation where, I mean, dude, with Garoppolo in the building now, like you said, they could draft other skill position players. They could trade down. I mean, they're positioned well. The Browns, listen... Now, like you said, after this draft, if they don't hit on it and they're still bad next year, then we got to start looking, you know, then you start looking around. But I mean, right now, I mean, all they need to do is kind of hit on a draft pick and win, you know, six to seven games next year. And all of a sudden you feel some optimism. Whereas, I mean, the Browns, holy fucking shit, they can't do anything right. I mean, every single year they have a way of just passing up a great quarterback. Deshaun Kaiser is... I don't know if it's Deshaun Kaiser's fault per se, but he's looking—he's he, looking like he's been thrown to the wolves. I can't really tell you if it's another case of a quarterback being put in too young with too few tools yeah. and end up you break him. He might be broken. He might have been a great, you know, NFL quarterback put in the right situation. Who knows if he'd been a starting quarterback for the Texans? Yeah. I, it's hard to say. You know, I don't—I can't really say he's got the same kind of uh, arm and acumen that a Deshaun Watson does. But we'll never know now at this point because he's just been absolutely brutalized in Cleveland. And on the other side of the coin, I I, I said San Francisco's a JV team, and I kind of want to take that back a little bit. I'll walk it back. They've played quite a few games this year where they lost by like three points. They've been competitive. They've been far more competitive than I would say Cleveland has. They just don't have enough to get them over the hump. But I think, you know, when you think about who the two quarterbacks have been in San Francisco, Brian, Brian Hoyer and C.J. Bathard, who was the rookie. I mean, I don't know what else you can expect. Yeah. What what can you expect when you're putting out personnel like that? And, you know, Mike Lombardi on the on the ringer says this a lot. He's like, you know, there's there's 60-minute uh, teams, there's 55-minute teams, there's 48-minute teams. It's like Niners are like a 48-minute team because I watched them play the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. Their defense was good. They, they actually probably slowed down the Eagles – on the defensive side of the ball more than some of the other teams I've seen the Eagles play in the last four or five weeks. I mean, they looked better on defense than the Panthers did and certainly better than the Broncos did. But, you know, still, you look at the end of that game, it was like a 33-10 game and they were blown out because by the second half, the Eagles just poured the points on and that was it. 
So yeah, the Niners, the Niners are playing. The Niners are playing for Shanahan. It's yeah. just they just don't have enough. You know, whereas you look at a team like the Giants, where players are coming out anonymously and saying that essentially the head coach has lost the team, that's a situation where you're going to see a guy getting fired. And I know it's not his first year, but I'm like, there's there's more elements than just losses that that play into a coach getting fired. Sometimes, I mean, you don't yeah. believe me? Just look at Hugh Jackson last year. The guy was one in fifteen. You can't just sack a guy right away, even even and, if you're as dumb players, as the Browns. And those players came out and stood up for their coach and defended him. Yeah. So. There's a big, there's a big difference here. So, uh, dude, thank you. Good mailbag question. I think that was a good dialogue. Um, all right, this is how I'm going to finish this off with. Uh, I want to talk about two teams in the AFC, really the AFC South, the Jaguars and the Titans, uh, because one of these teams is probably going to win the division, and there's a very good chance the other team is going to get the wild card, and. There's a lot of optimism about the Jaguars, and there's actually, I'm somewhat disappointed with the Titans so far. So let's talk about the Jaguars first, because I, I just want to riff on them for a couple of minutes. So they're 5-3, and three, as are the Titans. They're both 5-3 and three right now, and they're at the top of the AFC South. The Jaguars are pretty much rocking and rolling without a quarterback. I mean, Blake Bortles, they are minimizing his involvement in the offense as much as possible, and the defense is being a world beater. But a lot of this, you could say, was attributed to Leonard Fournette. However, now you need to say, well, Fournette didn't really play the last two games, and they still were able to come out and win and be competitive and be dominant on defense. So I guess what I want to ask you is, how sustainable is this? And and here, let me give you the schedule. I'll give you the schedule right now for the Jaguars to tell you what their remaining games are. I, I printed this out. I wanted to look at it. Here you go. Jaguars are 5-3. and three. These, This is the rest. This is their schedule. Home against the Chargers, road game against the Browns, road game against the Cardinals, home against the Colts, home against the Seahawks, home against the Texans, road game against the Niners, road game against the Titans. That's a pretty shitty schedule if you ask me. So now I feel like they're positioned well to run away with this division. I guess my question for you is, can they do this? Like, can they really do this with sort of Blake Bortles bortling the shit out of things, or at least the defense trying to hide his bortleness? Uh, like, can this happen? T- give me some thoughts on this. Blake Bortles has 10 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Um, I will... I had to go back and look at the numbers a little bit. He played like shit last year, but the year before that, he had 35 touchdowns. He was great. Well, well, great is 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 a strange exaggeration to describe Bortles, he but he was he was competent. There was a feeling like he was progressing. He threw for almost 4,500 yards. He had 18 picks, but I mean, look, those are stellar numbers. I'll take that from any quarterback. Yeah. Now, Leonard Fournette is definitely a reason why one he hasn't been asked to do so much. You know, Fournette's been about as as competent and indomitable a player as you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Keeps your offense on the field, keeps your defense able fresh, wears down other defenses, and, you know, look, big factor. But also, like we said, he didn't play in the last game, uh, you know, the suspension and the injuries, but the defense has been stellar. Yeah, The defense is probably, if not the best, it's the second best defense in the NFL right now. Um, they're shutting guys down. Uh and it's really factored into, you know, making them legitimate. We can't say they're pretenders anymore. They're, they're real. Yeah. And the schedule is laughable. If they don't make the playoffs, I, I see them winning the division, number one. Mm-hmm. But if they don't make the playoffs at all, it, it, it's fucking over. It's time to get rid of 
Bortles and get a new quarterback. But I don't see that happening. I, I think they're going to make Doug Maroney really turn his team around. He's taken all the potential that we've talked about for for two or three years now and actually turned it into something viable. I, so I, I agree. I, I think the Jaguars are legit, man. I, I can't I can't look at it any other way. The only thing that I can say worries me. Obviously, Allen Robinson is out for the season. He's a stud wide receiver. Uh, Marquise Lee's finally played up to the expectations I've had for him. I loved watching him in college, and he's played well as an, uh, a pro this year, but he's dealing with injuries. Um, they're getting D.D. Westbrook, their, um, their big uh, draft prospect, back, I think, this coming week. Really? Or soon. Yeah, he's, I think he's going to be playing, I think. Don't quote me on that. But um, help is on the way, man. I think they're going to they're gonna be able to kind of to get things a little bit. Uh, they're going to get a little bit more dangerous. Oof. So, look, if they can get a little bit more help. I think they'll be okay. All right, quick question. Can can Blake Bortles win a playoff game? Um, and, and if they win the division, I, it would be a home game. Even still, what do you think? I want to say, I'm going to say no, just because the, the same deficiencies I said, a wide receiver, he's still going to have to throw to someone. Yeah. I'm not really 100% sure on Fournette's competency. He's had actually a pretty solid season catching it out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. To do that for a whole game, I'm not sure. You're still going to need to throw the ball deep a couple times. And Marquise Lee, as good as he's been, he hasn't been dominant. No. And so, Alan Hearns has kind of disappeared. Yeah, Hearns, which is surprising to me. Hearns has actually had some monster games in his career. As I don't know if it's the play callings changed, and I don't know what. Uh, maybe Allen Robinson just made him that much better, but uh, it really shows right now that he's not really stepping up, and this is his chance to kind of get some big money. But um, look, the defense is going to be winning things for them, and if they're going to go ahead and kind of close this out with double-digit wins, the defense is going to have to keep carrying them. Now the Titans, same division, same record. <laughs> However, I think there was much more, much higher expectations for the Titans this year. Okay, I think you know there were some improvements they made with they made with the wide receivers. You know their offensive line has been dangerous. Are you okay? I hear some choppiness back there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but here, look at listen to this schedule that the Titans have because this is not as promising as the Jaguars' schedule. Home game against the Bengals, on the road against the Steelers, on the road against the Colts home against the Texans, on the road against the Cardinals, on the road against the Niners, home to the Rams, home to the Jaguars. Now, the Titans, okay, they started the season off, you know, they looked kind of good. Mariota looked pretty good. They had this victory against, the, they had a home win against the Seahawks, which was pretty impressive, but they've been so up and down. Mariota was hurt. He sort of had a hamstring injury, but then he came back and played, but you could see that the injury was affecting his play. I mean, there's just been so much inconsistency from an offensive standpoint and from a defensive standpoint. I don't know what the hell to make of this Titans team right now, but okay, do you think they will make the playoffs? Not necessarily win the division, but make the playoffs. What do you think? I think this is probably the hardest question I've gotten today. It may be the hardest question we've had all season uh, talking about football. I'm not kidding. I really... The, They're like any, the Dolphins. I don't know what the hell to make of the Dolphins either. I don't know what to make of the Titans. Anyone's guess right now with Tennessee, what the hell is going on? I want to say, I feel like Mariota's not healthy. Yeah, I agree with that. He's on the field, and 
I'm I'm just horrified if we find out at the end of the season that he's been playing with like a partially torn shoulder. Oh, or my God. He doesn't look the same. He's not playing quite the same. And it shows Delaney Walker also has been kind of hurt. He's been playing, it seems like he's been playing injured off and on. But I, it shows like the, the offense just isn't running the same way. As Marco Murray's been injured. Yeah, DeMarco Murray has not looked nearly as good as he did last year. And and these are like the big three, I would say, on that team. And you look, and obviously just that offense. Last year, this offense, they steamrolled some teams a few times last year. And they had one big game. I think it was actually against the Jaguars this year. Mm-hmm. They dominated the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. That's right. Ever since, then, ever since then, it's been just kind of what the fuck. Yeah. So I'm a little bit worried that they're not going to make the playoffs. It's probably I'm leaning that way. They have some help of wide receiver. Corey Davis has been playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Mariota doesn't look good. He doesn't look healthy. He yeah. doesn't look the way he did last year. And I think they rely a lot on his mobility, on his ability to run, his ability to roll out of the pocket. And number one, I think with the more injuries he gets, the less that happens because I feel like he's dealing – I think he's still dealing with that hamstring injury. That's what it looks like to me as the, as the, as the, the viewer. So – if that is the problem, this is not going to hamstrings, the soft tissue injuries like that. That stuff doesn't get fixed overnight. You got to rest and let it heal. So I feel like he's going to continue to play through this injury or whatever he's dealing with, and the run game is suffering. Uh, you know, it, I don't think he's a bad passer, but I don't know if he's the greatest passer. And I think you're seeing that as he's being sort of pushed back into the pocket and being forced to be more of a pocket passer, he can't produce as well. He's got a little bit more of that Russell Wilson in his game. And, you know, with the disappointments on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I'm losing faith with this Titans team fast. And, I mean, the, the crappy part is that if this Titans team doesn't win the division and they don't get the wild card, we're talking about teams like the Bills or the Ravens or the Dolphins taking a wild card over them. So, I mean, the crazy part is I kind of want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I think they're probably better than some of those teams. But the way they're playing, I mean, the other teams probably should be in ahead of them because as shitty as the Ravens' offense is, their defense is world-beating. You know, and the Dolphins... I mean, the Dolphins are the crappiest four and four team I think I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't nail it better than that. I mean, holy shit, they're bad. But how do they keep winning games? I mean, the fact that Cutler threw three hundred yards this past weekend is mind-boggling. Uh, so, it, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I think they probably will get in ahead of those teams, and I think they're better than those teams. But they just haven't been able to execute on the field. So, I'm left scratching my head. I don't know what to make of them. And not to go further down a rabbit hole, I don't know what to make of the Dolphins or the Ravens. Yeah, I look, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think there's some flashes on the Titans' defense, uh, you know, that they, they can get it together. Mm-hmm. Um, probably their best player this year has been Kevin Biard. And that's about it. I mean, he's really saved him a couple times. I think he leads, he's a safety, and he's got, I think, the most interceptions on the team. I think he's got six already. Really? This, Didn't know that. Yeah. But um, and look, he's he's been their 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 guy in terms of just kind of coming up with big plays. But and when you think about it, man, really, what else do they have right now? I'm, I'm afraid, like I said, I'm afraid the big three's not healthy, and it, it's suffering. It's the deficiencies that they had last year on defense are, are are just exposed now because the offense isn't putting up the numbers. They had some some big games last year, but they also gave up a lot of points. Yeah, they, no, they're absolutely so, right. 
So I think, and I mean, Rashard Matthews is as much of a stud as he is. When your when your quarterback seems to be playing a little bit injured, and remember, um, as good as Mariota's arm is, he's actually deceptively uh, smart runner. He has he's had some games where he's put up like 50, 60 yards rushing, mm-hmm. which always surprises me. I forget that he's got legs. Mm. <laughs> yeah. and it, it, I really haven't seen that kind of threat from him so far this year. So I say Titans down, man. They're going down this season. Uh, they yeah. need they need some time for recovery, but the NFL season's not that forgiving. <laughs> Dude, amen, brother. You guys heard it here first, all right? Titans are not making the playoffs. No offense to you guys. No offense to Titans. We're just telling it like it is. That's what we do. Uh, all right, Shock. I think it's time to get out of here. Guys, that's all we have for this week. Thanks a lot for listening. As always, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Email us with more mailbag questions at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. Shaka, any last thoughts before we get out of here? The Jets are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starting quarterback on the other side of the field. Wow. Talk about revenge game. How did we get here? Dude, NFL is a funny, funny, strange, unpredictable place. And I, for one, am just going to call it right now. I think the Jets are going to beat the living shit out of the Buccaneers. Yeah, they look. They don't look good. Uh, Mike Evans is suspended for his crazy antics last week. Dude. And Jameis Winston's injured. So... Wow, where? How did we get here? Get ready for a shit stain game. J E T S Jets Jets Jets. That's all. You know, no one ever thought they were going to be watching. Non Jets fans didn't think they'd be watching Jets games this year. But damn it, there's some fireworks worth watching. It's entertaining. Look, I had a buddy um, who texted me during the game on Thursday and was um, he was actually he can he conceded. He was like, man, the Jets are a lot better than I thought they would be. <laughs> quarterback's actually pretty good. He's a Packers fan, mind you. I took my shots in return. You know, um, obviously, Hundley is their starter right now. And I told him, I said, look, in fantasy, I'm going with the, the Lions defense. Because you can <laughs> hell. Dude, it's appropriate. Listen, it's not every day the Packers have a shitty quarterback. You might as well, you know, shiv him in the side when you can. So, yeah, I'll, 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 it's okay. He'll get me back, I'm sure, when Aaron Rodgers is nice and healthy again. <laughs> Dude, I'm sure he will. Uh, as always, guys, thanks a lot for listening. We'll be back next week on Sam Sports Podcast to talk more football and uh, enjoy this week's slate of games. Take care, guys.